Well, hello, hello, hello. As some people would say, testing, testing, one, two, three. No, just um, ready to go here. Thank you for being a listener. Thank you for being a supporter. Thank you for sharing uh, this information with your friends and loved ones and helping us um, just encourage um, the body of Christ. This is day number 144 of a 180-day growth plan, and um, thank God he's helping us make progress. Listen, how, how should we view ourselves as believers in Christ? There, there are a lot of different views of what a Christian is and a believer and all this kind of stuff. Listen, one of the things we have to keep in mind is how we are described in the Bible or how other individuals in the Bible are described, right? We are, as believers, are pilgrims in this world. We're in the world, but not of the world. We, we are actually the true aliens on planet Earth, no matter what country we live in today, right? Yeah, we, we are only passing through this Earth on a temporary assignment for the glory of God. We are here to build the eternal kingdom of God, which is so much greater than any national allegiance. This is not to say that voting is wrong. That's, that's an extreme, extreme view, right? Or participating in government is wrong. Extreme views, right? Yeah. Or supporting the government or changes and all that kind of thing is wrong. No. What I am saying is that no matter what our jobs and functions are in this world system, right, we serve a higher purpose than this world's system. We are here to keep the world's system working. No, that is not why we're here. We are here to promote and reconcile people back to God whether we are living in poverty or in prosperity. Get that. The division between whether you're a believer or not is not what's in your bank account, not whether or not you're in the, the different, uh, the middle class, upper class, and all of that. Those are terms used to divide society, right, in very specific ways, so that society can be overthrown. Look, look at how those terms started. They were not t started by somebody who wanted to bless society. No, th those terms were started by somebody who wanted to divide and conquer and destroy. So when we see ourselves as, I'm, I'm a Christian only when I am prosperous, when I am and in the upper middle class and above. No, 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 no. You, you, you belong to God, whether you are in prosperity or in poverty, right? Love your nation. Love the country where you live. Seek to improve the governmental programs and the people around you and the nation in which you love. But always remember that you and I, we have a higher purpose that is above and beyond national connections. For instance, for instance, you see the pattern when Jesus was here on earth. Notice 
that Jesus supported honoring the government uh, restrictions that were not opposed to the principles of the kingdom of God. You got that? So paying taxes was not something he, he fought against. However, Jesus was very clear that he was not on earth to get involved with the physical armed overthrow of the current government. The Jewish leaders hated the fact that Jesus would not help them overthrow the Roman government. And, and, and they had a pretty good argument in that at least they could argue that God started the Jewish nation. And Jesus came along and, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not here to help you overthrow the Roman oppressor. Jesus did not allow the Roman government or the Jewish patriotism get in the way of his kingdom assignment. When a Roman leader came to him and, and needed a healing, man of his daughter, you remember the situation of his servant, rather? Jesus dealt with the man. He, he pointed out, hey, this guy's faith in what God can do is greater than what the Jews, you guys are even thinking about. Then when the synagogue leader came to, to need help and assistance, Jesus dealt with him. He, he was flowing with his kingdom assignment regardless of the national affiliation of the people in front of him. Look at how he behaved. He, Jesus drove crooks out of the temple. He, he, he didn't go in there and say, may I have your permission to drive the crooks out? He drove them out, man. He got a whip and started whooping um, well, anyway, you know, you know how to describe that, right? It was a situation where taxes need to be paid. Miracle happened. The money was in the mouth of the fish. Listen, listen to how Jesus operated. Mark chapter 15. Look at that scripture. Man, in verse 2, Pilate, he's standing before Pilate. Pilate asked him, art thou king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Unto them, thou sayest it, right? So, hey, you the king of the Jews? Hey, you, you say it. I'm not denying. King of king, Lord of lord, right? Then the chief priest, verse number three, accused him of many things, but he answered nothing. And Pilate asked him again, saying, Answerest thou nothing? Behold, how many things they witness against thee? Verse five, but the Bible said, Jesus answered nothing. So that Pilate marveled. Jesus was like, dude, I'm not here playing games, your little games with you. It was on the kingdom assignment. Matthew 26, verse 50. When they came to get Jesus, and Judas had kissed him, verse 50, and Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them, which were with Jesus, stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a, struck a servant of the high priest and smote off his ear. We know that was Peter. Peter wasn't aiming at the ear, man. The guy ducked. Then Jesus said unto him, Put up again your sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Then listen to this. Jesus says, thinkest thou that I cannot now 
pray to my father and he will presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? Ah, don't, don't let this pass your understanding. Just because you are surrounded doesn't mean you are defeated. Just because they are winning doesn't mean you've lost. Jesus said, hey, man, don't, don't you understand? I'm, I'm going through this. He, he makes it very clear in verse number 54. But how then shall the scriptures be fulfilled that thus it must be? So what, what is the challenge? What, what part of your daily life is a fulfillment of scripture? Whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on, pastor. Hold on. I'm not a prophet, pastor, teacher, evangelist. I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. See, your, your life and my life has to be deeper than what it is you and I want to do, desire to do. What part of today, what part of my today experience, the next hours, should God allow me to breathe through the day? What part of that will be the fulfillment of Scripture? What does God plan to do with you and through you today? Oh, Pastor, I don't know. Well, how come you don't know? Get on your knees and ask God to help you know. Father, in Jesus' name, help us to understand our daily assignment. Yes. As you taught us to pray, give us this day our daily bread. Help us to receive what you have. So we can share it with the multitudes or that particular individual today. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Thank the Lord. God bless you.